Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, good to be back after series uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Episode yeah. one, series two. Who yeah. are you covering today? We're covering Joanna Dennehy. Joan- yeah, Joanna Dennehy. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Peterborough Ditch Murders. Yes, that's the one. It's quite a recent one in that it was this century. Yeah, and I think it's quite a rare one because it was this century and a woman. That's what we was looking for, yeah. wasn't it? We specifically wanted to cover a female serial killer case. Yeah, because they're so rare. They're so few and far between. Mm-hmm. And all the most of the ones we was looking at were quite boring, poison your husband, inherit money kind yeah. of things. So. Well, women poison, don't they? Because mm. that's the feminine, I think they call it, the feminine yeah. aspect of killing, mm-hmm. where men are more grisly and more masculine with their like swords and knives. Yeah. and yeah. So it's really unusual to get a masculine killing with a feminine serial killer. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Plus she's British mm-hmm. as well, so it's more relatable. Yeah, we, definitely. We're familiar with all the places that come up and... That sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So this was, um, looks like on the 3rd of April, 2013. Um, she loses her shit. Yes, there was a, <laughs> yeah, they finally arrested her. There'd been a, about two weeks worth of um, mayhem, murder. Ryan Page. Yeah, and they'd been, been on the run and it all came to the end on the 3rd of April, 2013, when she was finally arrested. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so this woman, this young woman, Joanne Dennehy, mm-hmm. um, when we when we find her story, she's mm-hmm. age thirty one. Um, but you've got done a bit of digging in her background, haven't you, Lauren? I have. A quickly fun fact. Did what you? your fun facts? Did you? Did oh, what you a know? great way to launch series yeah. two with a nice fun fact. Here we go. From <laughs> she wanted to match the ten killings of Bonnie and Clyde. That was her aim. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. No. But yeah, she wanted to match the 10 killings of Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, wow. Mm. But she killed, she managed three. Three. And she attempted two more, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well. I know. Bonnie and Clyde, that's a funny That's what thing, I thought, because it? again, it's not of this, it's quite an old it is, case. Isn't it? Yeah. I know they're iconic to certain people, and I mm, get that. Maybe it's that. But yeah, it's a weird one to pick. Like they're mm. a couple for a start off. She's yeah. a lone woman. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, just really strange. And they went down in a blades of glory, didn't they? Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, did she foresee her future that way? That she was going to go that way? I don't know. So it's a really weird one to liken herself mm. to. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Okay. Mm. So what else did you find out about oh, her? Oh, so Joanna was born in 1982. So bear in mind, that's not far from when I was born, four years prior. Yeah. So I can really relate to like the timeline of her in mm. a way. Yeah, you're, yeah, used to with roughly the same age. Yeah. So in she was born in St. Al- uh, St. Albans, the UK. Mm-hmm. She had one younger sister and she was very, very... Like a good girl. Yeah. No one see this coming. She was really a good student. She had no apparent problems. Mm. Um, Her father was a security guard and her mother was a shop manager. So very Mm. normal people going about their day-to-day life. Yeah. They wanted really big um, aspirations for her. Um, Mm. They wanted her to become a lawyer. So she must have been bright. Yeah, um, I think she was, yeah. Academic. Yeah, very academic. Mm. She had a very comfortable childhood. She was very close to her sister. They okay. shared a room mm. and they had bunk beds, so she, they was on like she was on top of her, like one yeah. another. Okay. Um, they even invented their own language to speak to each other. Did they? Yeah. So how cute's that? That is so cute. Yeah. And quite um clever as well. Yeah. You know to do that. Mm-hmm. And they just go down different paths. Her sister ends up in the military, mm. um, and she goes on to do what she does. Yeah, you wouldn't expect to see that in the background of someone somebody no. like who turns out the way that she turns out. This case baffles me because of her childhood. Mm. Um, there's no apparent reason for mm. why she's done what she's done. She was a very girly girl, loved yeah. makeup dolls and dressing up. Really? Yep. Because there's that really famous photo of her, isn't there, where she's licking that massive hunting knife yes and she just looks like the sort she looks like a tomboy in it, she does she? yeah she doesn't certainly don't look girly no there's not one picture of her anywhere no, in a dress or anything is no. there she's always wearing like combats yeah and a you see a really gruff hat yeah and yeah, yeah she really oh that's really weird it's like she's had a complete 180 personality transplant mm. something oh yeah well we'll get into it i suppose yeah so her parents obviously dreamed of her becoming a lawyer which i've said and they paid for extra tuition worked extra hours to pay for her tuition oh really yeah they, so they really obviously saw a lot of potential in her yeah yeah and that's what i think um she had a promise mm-hmm. to become this yeah to big be anything thing. she yeah. wanted to be yeah she loved sports and played netball and hockey for the school. Okay. So she was, um, yeah, just an average, all-round, next-door girl, I would say. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. there's nothing. I dug everywhere mm-hmm. I could possibly could to find some sort of trauma in her childhood. And some I couldn't kind find of trigger. It. The only thing I could find, I then go on to read. But, mm. yeah, at this minute in time. She, she couldn't be more normal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there was no apparent problems until she reached her teens. She was very charming. Mm-hmm. How many times have we heard that so far? Yeah. In season one. And do you know what? Just to just to pause your um, your information and stuff mm-hmm. there just quickly. This was another thing that kept cropping up in this case. Usually, you'd get a male serial killer yep. who would have a female accomplice who would do ev- everything mm-hmm. that she could to help and assist, give yeah. provide alibis, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why this Joanna is so intriguing, is that she has taken that male role on herself. Yeah. So she, like you say, with the charm that she mm-hmm. had, 
manipulates all the men in her life yeah. to do what she wants, yeah. which we'll see later on down the line. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But that was already showing, was it, in her teenage years? Yeah. That she had all this charm and... Yeah, so, yeah, we're coming up. So, just, we're still early teens, I would say. Mm-hmm. She's been quoted to be, as a friend's quoted, saying she was a very good friend to me, yeah. very caring, very charming. Really? Yep. Um, and I think she came out as bisexual at some point at that time, early mm-hmm. teens. And then she reached 15. She started to hang out with the wrong crowd, experimenting with drink and drugs. And at this point, at 15, she meets, meets this guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe this is some sort of trigger. I could be wrong. Or the drugs have... Um, Changed your personality. Yes. Yeah, sometimes you can get a psychotic trigger if you, mm-hmm. take, if you take drugs. It happens in some people. Yeah. Not, not most, but some. Yeah. So that could be an answer as well. Yeah. Obviously, we're clutching at straws because there's no obvious <laughs> no. answer. And even she can't provide Definitely an answer. Definitely not. So, yeah, um, she's with this older guy. Now, as a parent... Um, I don't feel comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's grooming. Yeah. I think. How much older than I was here? Oh, see, I've, not, I've got more on her next relationship than this yeah. one. I know there was an older guy. Mm-hmm. I can't. There weren't a lot on this older guy, but yeah. this is the path to destruction. Mm-hmm. So, but I know he was older. So just say maybe, I don't know, late teens, early 20s. Yeah. But there's a massive, massive, massive age gap mm. at that point in your life at yeah. that time. So, yeah, I don't, he doesn't sit comfortable with me. Um, and then she started a relationship with a man five years older. So yeah. this is John Trenner. Yeah, that's who she had the two <clears> girls yeah. with, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, this is a really... Uh, I found this quite interesting. Her sexual preferences worried her partners. She was in really, really into giving and receiving pain. Oh, okay. Um, to gain sexual pleasure, and she was very proud of this mm-hmm. fact. So anyone that's got a bit of a fetish doesn't really show the world their fetishes. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was really proud of this fetish, mm-hmm. and she used to walk around with handcuffs. Attached to her trousers. I've seen a photo of that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And that was to show people she. That's what she was into. And um, what's it called? Safety. Sadomasochism. Yes. Mm. So yeah, I think that's quite odd, don't yeah, you? Behaviour. It it's a uh, yeah. It's really bragging about yeah. something that's usually kept quite private. Yeah. She also watched a lot of violent porn mm. and was a self harmer during sex. Now I've seen a photograph of her mm-hmm. and her. She's got um. She's wearing trousers and a bra, mm-hmm. and her stomach is riddled with scars. Yeah. Have you seen that picture? Yeah. It's absolutely riddled, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that's all in self-inflicted. Yeah, self-inflicted because she somehow this fetish that she's become really, really um, ingrains herself on day-to-day life now. <clears throat> yeah. So she's drinking. She's taking drugs. She's self-harming in and out of now sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. So if she's really been drunk, she will start to threaten to self-harm or actually self-harm. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a sexual gain anymore. Yeah, and usually people that do self-harm, mm-hmm. it's because they have some kind of trauma that they're struggling to yeah. deal with, isn't it? It's how they release the pain yeah. that's inside is what they say. I mean, I, I don't know personally because I've never done it, mm-hmm. but they always say there's so much pain inside yeah. the only way they can get any release from it mm-hmm. is to cut themselves. Cut themselves, yeah. So, I mean, what, what pain has this woman got inside her? Oh, I can point is the grooming. That's the only thing I mm. can... Because there's nothing I could find. Yeah. Nothing. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. So, a family and friends start really start to worry about her at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, she would have violent outbursts when she didn't get her own way. Oh, okay. And she put her needs before anybody else's. Yeah. So they go on to have two children, her and John. Yeah, I watched a documentary about her the mm-hmm. other day, actually, and, and her daughter was on it. How old is she? Oh, no. And Joanne was only 17 when she had her. Yeah. But she was in a stable relationship mm-hmm. with um, with her partner. Um, well, it wasn't very stable because she was quite 
off her face on drugs and drink all yeah, the time. Yeah, and she'd just up and leave for no reason, wouldn't she? Yeah, exactly. But I think he stuck around on and off as well, and he, he was looking out for the girls quite a lot. He did well by them kids. Mm. No matter what you think of him, like, at first it didn't sit right with me, as I said to you. Because of the age gap. Because of the age gap. Like, yeah. what, 20-year-old in their right mind thinks mm. dating a 15-year-old's okay? Mm. Yeah. So when I first heard about him, I was like, no, don't like it. <laughs> but he's done very well raising these kids. Yeah. Um, And tried to protect them. Absolutely. And they met, I think, they did they meet when she was like 15 or 16? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the documentary I watched, he said that they met and started dating at, when she was 15. 15 yeah. That's when she started to run away as well, Yeah, I think. that's when all the, the trouble started, yeah. But he said he didn't touch her sexually until she was 16. Mm. And then when she was 17... Do you believe that? Them. Maybe. I mean, mm. yeah, possibly. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. She sounds like she's quite a sexually aggressive, liberated person. Yeah, I so. think statutory rape may have been threatened to him. Possibly, yeah. Um, at some point. But yeah, I didn't like it. So, yeah, she'd put her own needs before anybody else's, including her children's. A year before she killed, she was diagnosed with a psychopathic antisocial personality disorder. Yeah, I read that. So this is a year. So they know that she's um, unhinged. I think, I think she was in prison doing time for um, mm-hmm. burglary or shoplifting uh-huh. or something. And they did a, psych- a psychoanalysis on yeah. her to get, a, to get some medication to sort yeah. her out. So I think it sounds like she did get the right care that she needed while mm-hmm. she was in prison. Yeah. And that's when she was got that diagnosis, wasn't it? Yeah. And obviously then they prescribed her medication. Mm-hmm. And I think, from what I can gather, she was all right. Yeah. She showed no remorse, didn't care for the safety of others, and was a skilled deceiver and manipulator. Mm. Yeah. That's the manipulation thing coming mm-hmm. again. And obviously the, the charm that she exerts over people yeah. as well. So um, they lived in Luton... Joanne and John, and then they moved to Milton Keynes. So Joanne tried to pri- bribe her parents into seeing their grandchildren, but only if they give her money to see them. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, so that's so sad. That manipulation's coming out. It is, yeah. That Plus, side's coming out to her. I would you say also kid. the drug addict's coming out mm-hmm. as well. Oh, they yeah. They say that drug addicts will do anything to get money. Yeah. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah, that's really sad. As if you would say to like your mum and dad, oh, you can see your grandkids, but I want money first. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a joke. So um, she was constantly cheating with different sex partners, be it man or woman, mm. and she was seems to be seeking this satisfaction of hurting herself mm. during, yeah, intercourse. I've, I've, on that documentary as well, her daughter said, because her daughter left... Her partner took her eldest daughter, mm-hmm. I think both girls away, when her eldest was nine years old. Mm-hmm. And she said she remembers her mum's arms and legs. There wasn't a patch of skin that weren't, oh. didn't have a scar on it, yeah. she said. It's and she also said that um, she remembered being taken around people's houses to play with the kids while her mum went and had sex with the dad. Oh, no. Because she was constantly trying to get that affirmation. Yeah. Like yeah. Wanting to feel attractive and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. She's but, but to a, a massively, yeah, yeah. massive degree. She's seeking something, isn't she? At yeah, this point, she's yeah. definitely, yeah. She would go on days and weeks benders and the kids are small still. Yeah. Not caring for the children at all. Telling anyone who would listen, she didn't want kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yet she's got to. Yeah. And this is where the dad, John, steps up. Mm. He really, really puts these kids first. Yeah. Um, He'd break away from her. She'd always come back. And it was a kind of a repetition over over and over again yeah. they'd get together she'd go on a bender they'd break up mm. she'd come back and that's all through these young kids lives yeah and um so they moved to east angular thinking or john especially that it might solve some problems yeah or away from start. the area yeah yeah so she then became a laborer on a farm mm-hmm. but do you know how she asked to be paid was it in alcohol yeah. was it yeah no. <laughs> pay me in booze and i'll do all the work you want yeah okay rather well, than cash yeah are you gonna uh, buy food for your kids with uh, go down tesco's yeah. yeah how much is that loaf of bread oh it's half a bottle of whiskey yeah exactly <laughs> it's hardly current exchangeable currency exactly <laughs> it's a joke but that shows how much she was addicted yeah yeah what's what, what her state of mind was at that point yeah, give me money. Because I would think if you got cash, you could then get booze or drugs. Mm. But no, she was about the booze by Just this about point. Booze, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, about the boost, about the boost. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, so her violent tantrums got worse and worse, and she started to begin to carry a knife in her sock or oh, in her boot. Okay. And she'd often say to friends, she often felt like killing someone. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. And this is why she's still with her partner and still living with her yeah. girls. That's terrifying. So in 2009, I watched a document, uh, not a documentary, an interview with John mm-hmm. on this morning. Yeah. And in one night in 2009, she's come home, I think after a separation again, mm-hmm. um, really, really... Oh, after she's been on a bender? After she's been on a bender. Yeah. And you see the knife. Oh, um, and she threatened to use it on herself, not to him at the to point. Mm-hmm. And he just looked at her, and I think then he's realised I've got to keep my kids safe. If she hurts me, mm. my kids ain't going to be safe. And that's he's got the courage to then move away from her completely. So he's taken the girls and left. Yeah, in 2009 this was. Yeah, so he was worried for their all their safeties, but more so the kids. Yeah. And he just couldn't do it anymore. <clears throat> when yeah. he see that knife, I think that was a... Yeah. Light bulb moment yeah, that he thought, yeah. yeah. The light bulb moment, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so sometimes she would turn to sex work to fund her drinking drugs. So yeah. this is after John's left. So okay. to fund, if she's not getting paid in booze on the farm, mm-hmm. she's turning to sex work. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that about her. No, I didn't. No. Yeah, so then she served time in prison and was receiving treatment for her mental health. So that's mm-hmm. where we're at. So she's just been diagnosed. Yeah. With the um, antisocial. Yeah. Personality, personality disorder. disorder. She's being treated for it. Yeah. So I think the authorities at this point are on her case. They mm-hmm. know that she's um, suffering. Yeah. And I think at that moment in time, they're doing their best. To keep her into check. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's where I'm up to. Do you want to pick up the story? Yeah, so um, so basically, I think she um, she she finds her way over to Peterborough. Mm-hmm. And she meets a man called Kevin Lee, who's a, land, a landlord, like he's a property developer. And <coughs> he uh, rents out quite cheap accommodation, um, usually like to, like, uh, what do you call it, like council kind of tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think what the word is now, but you know, like where the council pays for your rent and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So people that are like not very wealthy, but he will rent out like small flats and bed sits. Mm-hmm. He's got quite a bit of a business empire going yep. on there. And um, yeah, so him and Joanne meet and he, uh, she rents a place from him. Right. Um, but in return, she doesn't have any money. So she kind of starts working for him. So she does like little bits and pieces, like a bit of maintenance. Yeah. But then when he realises she's quite a tough cookie, he used her as what they call an enforcer. Like a henchman. A bit like that. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like send the heavies around. She's yeah. One of them. So yeah, if someone's not paying the rent. I can see that for her. <laughs> them pictures, that is what she is. Yeah, I think by now she's got a tattoo on her face. Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a stud through her tongue. And she Am I quite... right in believing she did that to her herself? I'm not sure. I haven't read anything about where that came from. I don't it know. It does look. It does look a bit amateurish. Yeah. Doesn't it? I think I. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but I'm yeah. sure I read that. Did you? I think. I don't know. Don't quote me no, on that. No, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. So um, and in the meantime, her and Kevin Lee, the landlord, they become lovers as well. Yeah. Even though he's married, but he just falls under her spell. He feels she's a wild spirit and like a free spirit, and he's just. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, absolutely. Really, uh, yeah, they have a relationship as well. So, this is a funny one. There's a um, there's a man called Lucas. I can't really pronounce his name because he's Polish, mm. but it's something like Slaboszki. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So um, he he um, he came over to. He's age thirty one as well, and he moved over to the UK to find work. Right. I think he was like a delivery driver. Anyway, he rents um, a, one of these cheap accommodations from mm-hmm. Kevin Lee as well. And he met Joanne and he uh, he quite fancied her. He told his friends back home, oh, sister, I've met this really beautiful English girl. Um, I think, you know, I think I'm going to meet her tonight kind of thing. Is he blind? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, It's carry hard on. to see. It's hard to see the beauty what she would look beast. like if she weren't pulling faces all the yeah. time and trying to look hard. Yeah. But I think if you do look, if you try to look beneath it, she probably was beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
but obviously that beauty was just hidden under all the cruelty and the drugs yeah. and the drink. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he, uh, she texts him. She texts him on the night of March nineteenth, twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, I'm well in here. You know, I'm on a promise." He goes around there, and um, they have a nice time, have a few drinks. And then one thing leads to another, and she blindfolds him on the pretext that they're going to have a bit of kinky sex. Mm. Uh, while he's blindfolded, she stabs him to death. Oh. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Yeah. So she um, she stabs him through the heart, and he, yeah, he dies. Um, because she's quite a small woman, mm-hmm. and he's obviously quite a burly man, she can't really dispose of the body. Now, she has got a friend who's also an enforcer for this mm-hmm. Kevin Lee called Gary Stretch. Right. Gary Stretch is, like, he sounds like a bit of a mountain. He's over seven feet tall. I was going to say, I've heard the names very apt. <laughs> Gary Stretch. Well, I've seen that he's called Gary Richards as well, but... So I was going to refer to him as Gary Richards yeah. in the podcast, but then yesterday I was reading through the judges summing up, mm-hmm. and even the judge refers to him as Gary Stretch. Ah, okay. So... I'm gonna call him Gary Stretch. Yeah. Maybe he changed his name by Depot or something. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I suppose he's called Stretch because it like he was stretched out or yeah. something. But he sounds a bit like uh, in my mind. I know what he looks like in his face, but I think you know the mountain in Game of Thrones. Yes. That's what I imagine. Him okay. To be, I like can a massive lump. see that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he was seven seven foot three and he's huge. That's he, a tall guy. Yeah. There's some CCTV of him and stuff later on during mm-hmm. the crime investigation, and he's massive. Wow. Like Stuart, my husband, he's six. He says he's six three, he's not he's six two. But I mean to be a Ooh, foot taller. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, now you're getting to see exactly like you'd have to Kaz, that's an extra two foot on you. Is it not? <laughs> and you. Yeah, and me. <laughs> yeah, I know. He'd have to stoop to get through doorways and stuff. He's ridiculous. Wow. Probably like a basketball sized person. So he's massive and yeah. he's also an informer. He looks like a nasty piece of work. And he's also under the spell of Den He. Oh god. It, like She's got him under the thumb, like wrapped around her little finger. He'll do anything oh, that she asks, including yeah. helping to dispose of the body. Right. So she calls him, um, and his friend Leslie Layton. Mm-hmm. So two men have come to her flat, picked up the body of um, Lucas, and popped him in a wheelie bin. Right. Just just left him there, and they've left him there for a few days. Oh God. Outside I mean, the property. Yeah, just outside the property. Now, it's funny because, you know, I think if somebody called me and said, oh, can you come round? I need some help. And then you saw that. You wouldn't help. You'd call the police, wouldn't you? As I said to you in season one. Yeah. If, if you, as much as I love you, you say to me, "Yeah, can, can you help me dispose of a body? <laughs> There's only going to be Depends one Depends who it is, yeah. Oh. <laughs> if it's someone that needs, like, who's... Um, a vile human being. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I might help you and then ring the police. Um, she's got me doing this yeah. and I don't know what to do. <laughs> help me. I know, it's so weird. But yeah, these yeah. two men are so under her spell. They're both, no questions asked. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. In fact, Leslie Layton, in the judge's summing up, mm-hmm. when he's talking, when he's sentencing Leslie Layton, mm-hmm. there was a picture on his phone of the, of, um, the corpse. Oh, so no. Leslie Layton had taken a picture of the corpse. And oh then, God! And then oh it God! Had been deleted, and um, he refused to be drawn into it. He wouldn't answer the questions. So I think his defence was saying something like, "Oh no, Joanne took his phone and took the picture and deleted it." And obviously the police couldn't prove otherwise. But there was a picture on Leslie's phone of That's Lucas. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds it sounds like Poor he's guy. showing quite a callous attitude. Yeah. To it. Poor Lucas. Yeah, absolutely. So the body. Um, of Lucas was left in that wheelie bin outside until the 28th of March. Now he was killed on the 19th. So Where's the bin men in all this? Oh, I was wondering that. <laughs> do they only have like two? They, they might do. Fortnightly, yeah. Up there? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. They must just have two two weekly collections. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. So that's that. But I think that particular murder triggers something in her that triggers her homicidal mm-hmm. tendencies because up till that point we've seen her sadomasochist mm-hmm. side a time and time again mm-hmm. but it's never tipped over into anything no. like sexual role play and yeah. consensual stuff and things like that now it's slipped over into actual murder yeah um 
Now, there was a man who also hired a bedsit called John Chapman. Mm-hmm. He was behind in his rent. So Joanne and Gary Stretch had been sent around there to try and get the money out right. and stuff like that. Anyway, at some point, Joanne goes around there, takes some booze with her, sits and has a drink with him, waits till he passes out while he's asleep in his bed or sort of passed out, mm-hmm. faked out in bed. She stabs him ten times and kills him. Oh, my God. So this is so weird. He's passive. He's not even... I mean, how he's is she? Not, yeah, yeah, lucid, he's just passive. Yeah. He was, um, I think he was in his 50s. I don't think there'd been lovers or anything like that. He was, um, yeah, 56 years old. He was a bit, he was a, he'd been a, in the Falklands. <sighs> he was I a veteran, but he'd fallen on hard times. I think he had drug and drink problems. Dependencies, yeah. Yeah, he was just a bit of a sad case, really. And probably when this attractive young woman starts paying attention, do you want to have a drink? He probably thinks, yeah, wicked, why not? And then the next thing you know... I think you're right, Kaz. Something's yeah. triggered in and there, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think. And he's quite defenceless, isn't he's he? He's completely defenceless. Mm. He's just spark out on the bed. But she, he's not going to put up any fight at all. But uh, um, they're saying that the psychoanalysts and people mm-hmm. like that, psychiatrists saying it's triggered like the... Um, it's the sadomasochist side of her mm-hmm. where she gets a thrill from inflicting pain. Yeah. But I think, well, he's asleep. He's passed out. He's not feeling anything. No. So I just don't understand what this what this murder. What about. she would have gained from that, yeah. Not at all. It's weird because the first one you think, yeah, perhaps, you know, she got a bit carried mm-hmm. away, blah, blah. When we come to the third one, you're going to see the same thing. Yeah. This is an odd, a really odd one. And this yeah. John Chapman sounded like a pretty harmless fella. I don't, don't think she had no. a against him or anything. She just did it. Anyway, so again, she's left with a corpse, can't do anything with mm-hmm. it. She calls Gary Stretch and she goes, oops, I did it again. You know, like Britney Spears. No. Yeah. So that's how much she don't give a shit. She gives no fucks. Oh, Gary, oops, I've done it again. Oh. oh lol. So, yeah, so um, Gary comes, takes, um, gets the body. Mm-hmm. Drives and picks up the one in the wheelie bin, Lucas, mm-hmm. and then they dump both the bodies in a ditch um, in Peterborough. Right. Like, and I went on the documentary, showed the ditch, and it's sort of like by the side of a field. Right. A bit of, it's more like an underpass, really. Okay. It's more like, I'd say, a trench. When I think ditch, I just like think a, verge, a little like, like a... um, yeah, like, mm-hmm. a, like maybe a foot or two, but it's much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. You could, and there's bridges over it and stuff. It is big. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is big. And, um, that's what it looks like. And it's very isolated and those bodies weren't found for about a week or so. Oh, no. So that's around about... See, the funny thing is as well, I struggled with the timeline a bit because even on the documentary I watched, mm-hmm. which involved the police officers that captured them, yeah, it's it's all a little bit over the place. I think yeah. she's never fully said... A lot of it is like oh, the 29th was Good Friday and they mm-hmm. said that she killed the last two on the same day, but they're not really sure. Right. Um. Anyway... So not many, not long after John Chapman's yeah. murder, he was killed in his own flat, uh-huh. which apparently, I think, once the police investigated, was a horrific bloodbath. Oh. It looked awful in there, you can imagine. If she yeah. stabbed him ten times in bed, it probably was. Yeah. Um, hours later, she's met up with Kevin Lee. Yeah. Now, Kevin Lee had said to his friend, Ben Munt, he's married, mm-hmm. um, he said to his friend that... Um, he was going to go to Joanne, go and meet up with Joanne. Yeah. And um, he said, hang on, let me just find the quote. It was something like, um, oh, where is it? Sorry. No, you're all right. Whenever you say Kevin Lee, I think mm. of their um, stupid spine or the f- audition of um, a, like an X Factor somewhere. Oh. <laughs> and the woman singing, you know, I Can't Live by Mariah Carey. Oh, okay, yeah. She doesn't know the words, so, you know, it's like, I live. Oh. <laughs> and she's singing, Ken Lee. Have you seen it? No. I'll pop it up on her socials. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but it tiggles me. She Anyway, he said to his friend, I'm going to go and see Joanne. Mm-hmm. She's going to dress me up and rape me. <laughs> oh. That's what he said. So he said this to his friends? Um, He said... He told a friend. Right. Mr. Lee, it seems, was aware of Denny's sexual interest. Before his death, Mr. Lee told a friend that Denny had wanted to dress me up and rape me. Oh. Um, he was stabbed three times in the chest. So he's met up with her for sex. Uh-huh. Um, and 
it looks like, well, it says here she was furious with him. Before the killing, um, she'd told Stretch that Kevin Lee hadn't paid her for the work that she'd done. Oh. She was getting re-stressed with it. Right. So, obviously, she's already on a bit of a homicidal yeah. rage. Yeah. Um, she and just can't contain it anymore. Yeah. So, he's met up with her thinking he's going to get In for a good dressed time. up. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, he has. They've dressed up, a bit of role play. He's put on a black sequin dress. Right. And she's stabbed him dead. So she's, in, again, imitating a male, isn't she? She's Absolutely. dressed him up as a woman. As a woman, and she's humiliated him. him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that must have been what, what, what she was into. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's obviously the, dom- the dominating one in yeah. the partnership. And she sees a male as being the most dominating. And he's, yeah, he's yeah. happy to be dominated. Perhaps because he's quite a high-flying businessman. Yeah. In his private life, he likes to be yeah. dominated, yeah. humiliated, things like that. But yeah, as a final humiliation, when they dumped Kevin Lee's body mm-hmm. the next day, again in a ditch, a different ditch, some, but um, he was still in that black dress and they pulled the dress up to show his... Oh. So he was sort of positioned in a really humiliating oh. way. And then the next morning, a dog walk. Oh. It's always a poor old dog walk. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just like, don't walk the dog early in the morning. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't be the first one yeah. dog walk. Be like, once you see a few neighbours yeah, out, then like an yeah. Hour after yeah, else. definitely. <laughs> Someone else can yeah. find it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's what, that's what she did. She murdered him. Nasty bastard. Yeah, apparently he'd been out earlier that day and bought some bought her a couple of CDs. Oh. Um, he'd, on the day he was murdered, he bought four CDs at HMV in Peterborough. And then um, two of the CDs were for his wife and the mm-hmm. other two, a Bobby Womack CD and one by the band The Double X. Okay. With uh, Dennehy. I've never heard of The Double X, have you? No. I've heard of Bobby Womack. Yeah, so there we are. Mm. So yeah, that was that. Anyway, in the meantime, on this documentary I watched... The police found a burnt-out car. Right. Uh, they traced it to Kevin Lee, mm-hmm. and that's when the alarm bells started to ring because at that point, a missing persons comes in through as right. well. So alarm bells are straight away. They're like, right, okay, yeah. the car's been burnt out. He's gone missing. Yeah. Next thing you know, dog walkers called in. We found yeah. the body. Right. Straight away, they're on the hunt looking for Kevin Lee's yeah. murderer. Um, in the meantime, um, Stretch and <laughs> Gary Stretch, can't say Gary Stretch with a straight face. I'm sorry, it's such a weird Stretch. name, isn't it? Yeah. Stretch and Dennehy gone on the run. Of course they have. Yeah. But they are uh, they are captured on CCTV in Kevin Lee's car. Oh, really? Yeah. Before it was burnt yeah, out? Yeah, they've gone and bought some snacks okay. and things like that in the petrol station. And then they've obviously gone and set right. up okay. the car. And then they've got another car. And yeah. they've gone on the run. So they've gone over to... Um, they've gone to Norfolk. They've got a friend who lives over there. Mm-hmm. And they pick him up. They, do, they commit a burglary, actually. And they steal a camera. Right. And it's on this camera that all those famous pictures are of them. Oh, so they okay. they document their whole road trip. Yeah. Because they go from Norfolk to Hereford. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes, they pick up their friend, Mark Lloyd. Yeah. And Mark Lloyd was quite a key witness at the trial. He was really scared. He's in the back of the car. He can hear them chatting. He can hear Joanne saying, well, I want to get, I want to be, you know, like you mentioned the Bonnie and Clyde yeah, thing. Yeah. She said, I want to make, I want to be like Bonnie and Clyde. I want to do nine. Ah, okay. She said, let's go and find some more. She said, I want to have my fun, Gary. Help me get my fun. Oh. And by that, she obviously means find some more. Yeah. Um, victims. Victims. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Mark Lloyd joins them in Kington after Stretch and Denny carry out burglary. Mm-hmm. Um, he, said, he said that she was flirting with him all the time as well. Yeah. Uh, fun was euphemism for hunting men and stabbing them. Um, right, so they go to Hereford. Hereford is where Gary Stretch was from, so he's familiar with that right. area. So that's why I was thinking, why would they drive from Norfolk to Hereford? It's yeah, that, from, that it's makes from sense. from the east of the country to the to west. west. Yeah, but that's why he was familiar right, with that area. Okay. So they get to Hereford and Stretch drives around town while they look for victims. Oh, dear. Now, this is interesting, Lauren. When you said about maybe what her trigger was, mm-hmm. she made it clear she did not want to kill a woman, especially not a woman with children. Wow. So it sounds to me like she's got a bit of a hatred of men mm-hmm. at this point she yeah. doesn't want to harm any women yeah um so about it says here about 20 to 4 mm-hmm. she uh they pull up spotted somebody she left the car approached robin bereza who's a 64 year old man who's out walking his dog in Hunterton oh, no. area of town she stabbed him twice with a pocket knife once in the chest and once in the shoulder oh um, and I'm guessing this is the pocket knife she carries around in a boat. Yeah, I think she used the same knife, the same yeah. knife for all of them. Yeah. So they found it quite easy to tie to tie her yeah. in. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, Mr. Lloyd said, I thought she was just going to mug him and then it twigged on me. I thought, you just want blood. Yeah. So yeah, her bloodlust is up. It's up. She just wants to get the tally up mm-hmm. now. It sounds like she's going on a bit of a rampage. Like you said, the Bonnie and Clyde thing, she probably thought she was going to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. She wanted to take down as many people as she could Yeah. Yeah. This is, I can see it escalating really, really quickly, quickly at this point. Yeah, no, 100%. Really quickly. She's killed two men in the space of, what, five hours? Mm-hmm. And now she's trying to kill more as quickly as she can. She knows the walls are coming round her, coming in on her. Yeah. And she just needs that, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Mr. Bressa, the man who she attacked. He was a reti- retired fire service employee. He didn't immediately realise he was being attacked. And at the trial, he told the jury, I felt a blow to my right shoulder. I turned around, saw this lady. She just stared right through me. She ki- I kicked her and made contact. It had no impact on her. She just came straight towards me. I ran into the road. I put my hand to my jacket and saw all, th- all this blood. She tried to come for me again. I kicked her again. She still didn't react. Oh, no. Um, Sounds I- like the Terminator or something. Yeah, it does. Like, it's like a she's machine. On a mission. Yeah. yeah, she's on a mission. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care if she's getting kicked. She's yeah. used to self-harm, so she doesn't probably feel pain yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. It says, after the attack, Mr. Lloyd said, then he got back in the car smiling. Mr. Bereza remembers seeing her get back in the car with a large man. Then a kiss, stretch on the cheek before saying thanks. She said the next victim had to have a dog. What the fuck? It's weird, isn't it? No longer than about 10 minutes, they found another target. Uh, they, they came across a 56-year-old man called John Rogers who also was out walking his dog. Oh, no. I think he had a lurcher. Cute. Anyway, so she's uh, approached him and stabbed him 40 times in the arm, chest, Jesus. stomach and back and left him for dead in the street. 40 times. Mm, yeah. Now, he did survive, and he said the first contact felt like a punch in the back. He assumed it was a friend or neighbour just mucking about, probably just, like, slapping her on the back. Yeah. Um, he said, I turned around, and I saw a woman who stabbed me just standing there. Mr. Rogers said she started stabbing me in the chest. He asked her, what's all this about? And she told him, I'd better do some more. I said, just leave me alone, please. Please, can you leave me alone? But she didn't. She didn't seem to be showing any emotion. She didn't seem to be enjoying herself. She just seemed like she was going about business. Now, isn't that cold? That's really, yeah. That's um, it's really disturbing. Really like. cold, yeah. yeah. Like she was just doing a job or something. Yeah. Um, Mr. Rogers said as he fell to the ground, the attack continued. He said, I was just waiting for it to stop. There was loads and loads of blood on the floor. As I lay there, I thought, this is it. This is where I'm going to die. Um, members of the public began gathering around him in a desperate attempt to save his life. Dennehy left the scene taking Mr. Rogers' lurcher dog with her. Oh, no, she took the dog. Yeah, she t- just picked up the t- dog. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, left him bleeding, left him for dead. Um, yeah, so the police said the actions of the passers-by probably saved Mr. Rogers' life. Oh. And someone must have put Compressed, done some first aid yeah. and, yeah, tried to stem the bleeding. Yeah. Obviously called an ambulance as well. Um, at this point, she was attacking for fun. Robbery was not a motive. They were just driving around and carrying out random but deliberate attacks. Oh, God. Um, if there was a, if asked if there was a trigger for the attacks, um, the detective has no explanation. No profiling um, on her at all, No, really. nothing at all. Asked if he'd ever seen a case like this, he just shook his head and said, no, have you? <laughs> um, it just says that one of the clinical psychologists mm-hmm. described her as a walking, talking powder keg waiting to go off. That the touch paper for her violence was sexual. In this case, with Mr. Lebowski, mm-hmm. uh, Lucas, was no coincidence. So it sounds like that first one was a trigger. She yeah. just got a taste for it. I think she does say at some point as well, she just got a taste for it. That's awful, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. Hecky. Yeah, you said that, didn't you? Mm. You said it's kind of triggered something in her. It's triggered something in her, definitely. Um, And it's got here as well. The psychologist has said she has a history, a serious history of self-harm. Why was she self-harming? It is almost always because they've got a history of abuse. We're very likely to have here women with a history of serious sexual abuse. She'll be somebody whose experience of sexual relationships is about being brutalised. Um, it says, when that happens to young men, they very quickly become violent. Mm-hmm. It tends to take women much more time to get to the tipping point. It is much more likely for them to self-harm and have mental health problems. Men act out their distress. Women feel their distress. Oh. Um, and it, it says, uh, on the day that Denahay met Lucas, she flipped and then externalised her feelings about sex and brutality. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit of an insight into what her thinking was and yeah. what was driving her. Um, at, that, at that point, um, after she's attempted to stab the mm-hmm. second dog walker the police have managed to obviously the police know that there's some yeah. kind of rampage going on and they um 
arrest her and the other two men that are in the car. So she, they've got captured quite quickly after that yeah, one? Yeah, they got captured quite quickly. Um, I saw in the documentary there's footage of the booking in area. You know, I think in a police station there's mm-hmm. like a booking in area where oh, people okay. go and get processed, first of all. And it's her, it shows her there and she's really comfortable. You would not know that she was on the run from oh, murder. No. She's she's laughing and joking with the desk sergeant. She's going talking about his eyebrows and stuff. She's oh, like, really? Oh, you've got very um, intense eyebrows. I think she says it's it's weird. She's very comfortable there. Wow. It's obvious that she's been she's used to the police system. And she's most probably been waiting to get captured, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah. She doesn't seem bothered at all. She's acting like she's just there, maybe for shoplifting or something. She doesn't seem worried in the slightest. She's very comfortable, flirting, joking. Do you think she thinks she's convinced Stretch to take the blame? Well, when they um, when they first picked them up, Stretch said, mm-hmm. "Oh, I suppose I'm the country's most wanted," and they were like, "Actually, because <laughs> first Not of all, you. yeah, first of all, the police obviously they've seen the CCTV mm-hmm. of Gary Stretch and Joanne Dennehy at the petrol station mm-hmm. in Kevin Lee's car, and they've thought, oh, it's obviously Stretch that's killed yeah. Kevin Lee.'" But it's not until later they've realised that it's not actually him that's the murderer. Wow. He's just the accomplice who's helping to clear up her mess. Wow. She's the actual murderer. It's her, yeah. Yeah, they find they figure that out by finding the text message on Lucas's phone. Ah. Oh. Yeah. So a couple of days after they find the body of Kevin Lee, I think it's about the third or fourth of um, April, mm-hmm. they find the other two bodies in the ditch. So the first two victims were the last two Lo- victims wow. to be found. Yeah. And at that point, they realise it's the same murder weapon. Uh, in a very yeah. very similar area, yeah. they rarely come across murder. Yeah, usually it's a, like a domestic murder yeah. or so, or like a fight in a pub mm-hmm. that's gone a bit too far. That sort of thing. This kind of murder is really unusual. Yeah. So for them to find it, they've connected them, checked the stab wounds. They know it's the same murder weapon. They found the um, text message on his phone from Joanne Denhay, and now they've put in all the wow. dots, joined all the dots. They realise that they're not looking for a male killer at all. They're looking for a female killer. Who's learned Imagine them. the shock of that as well. Because mm. as we say, it's so rare and it's so rare that a ser- female serial killer is so brutal. Yeah. Um Yeah, the shock. It it must be a massive shock, mustn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. The police the policemen that were on the documentary, they all still look a little bit shaken like, by it. Yeah, a yeah. bit shaken, a bit disturbed by it. Yeah. Can't quite get their heads around it. Yeah. Um Yeah, so that's it. So they book her they eventually they go to trial mm-hmm. and on the day of the police so I think you go to court and you you um I think you confirm your name don't you yeah. and your date of birth and then they ask you to enter a plea mm-hmm. and she had a, a team of defense lawyers there right uh, who were fully expecting her to say not guilty on diminished responsibility I think okay Anyway, she just turns around and she goes, yeah, guilty. Oh, really? Yeah, and her um, defence team has tried to say things like, oh, sorry, can we just... Um, can we... Um, have a chat with her. Yeah, can we just yeah have a chat, yeah. can we have a recess? And, um, yes, she's... Again, this is all about the control element mm-hmm. of her personality. She doesn't want to be anything other than fully in control. So that's what she's done. She's wow. gone up there and just pleaded guilty to, to everything. Took, took Yeah, completely took responsibility yeah. for everything. Basically, like, yep, yeah, I did it. Wow. So, um, yeah, it says here, serial killers do not give the truth away very easily. It gives them power that they continue to use long after they're convicted. But There's a law coming out that's going to try and stop that, isn't there? Oh, is there? Yeah, so I think they... They're making this law that um, oh, there is a name, and I think it's a girl. I want to say mm. Helen's law. Oh, that's about the body, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, like, they won't be eligible for parole mm. until they disclose where they've buried the body. Yeah. Yeah. So, surely there should be another one mm. that they have to disclose their crimes. Yeah, this is the thing. But then, are you ever going to know they're telling the truth? This is the thing. A lot of these people, they're. They're described as being charming and yeah. manipulative. So there's yeah. no way of knowing, really, is no. there? So, yeah, so she was sentenced. Mm-hmm. I think this was in 1994. Yeah. She was... Oh, what am I talking about? <laughs> sorry, 2014. Yeah. 94, I don't know. Uh, sorry, 2014. I'm going along with it. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 she, yeah. Was, uh, she was sentenced to a whole life sentence. Now, only Myra Hindley and... 
Rose West. Wow. Are the other two women that have had this put on them. She's she's deemed as so dangerous by the judge who did sentencing mm-hmm. that she will never be eligible for parole. They don't not ever want to let her out. Yeah. Good. Um. Yes, yeah, so that goes to show how seriously they take her. Mm-hmm. And um. Yeah, since then, she. Oh, I think they kept her in isolation for the first year or two as okay. well. They managed to, she had a plot to try and escape. Oh. Um, the plot that she, I think she must have written it down because they discovered this plot. Mm-hmm. She was going to capture a prison guard. Yeah. Kill the prison guard, cut their finger off because I think the locks in the prison are biometric locks. Oh, okay. Cut the finger off. Oh, no. And escape that way. So as soon as they've got wind of that, bang, she's straight in she's isolation. Good. Yeah. She's she's not in isolation anymore. She's got a life in prison, girlfriends, blah blah. Oh. But um, she in fact she has a serious girlfriend. They did they tried to do a suicide pack. Oh really? Not very long ago. Oh. Yeah, but they didn't succeed. I think she's just wow. got more scars on her and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, while while she was being assessed, once she got processed and mm-hmm. was captured, she was diagnosed with something called paraphilia. Sadomasochism. Right. And I didn't know, obviously we know what sadomasochism yeah. is, but paraphilia, I'd never heard of it. So I looked it up and it's a condition categorised by abnormal sexual desires, typically involving extreme or dangerous activities. Turns about right, don't it? And that, my friend, is the only explanation of her behaviour as yeah. far as I can see. Yeah. Because you've done a lot of digging, there doesn't seem to be anything in no. the background unless it's still really hidden and she hasn't disclosed it. I think that's what it is. But she, yeah, but she's been diagnosed with this with this thing, yeah. so that would explain yeah. her behaviour to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but why she's got this condition could be, you know, For maybe abuse. linked to something in her background. Yeah, yeah exactly, because the self-harming, mm-hmm. obviously the extreme violence, etc., mm-hmm. etc., et yeah. could point to something. So when you was digging around in her early life, mm-hmm. you thought there may have been something. Yeah, I've, I was looking, yeah, I was looking for something, um, and I've checked so many sources, and I just couldn't find it. I just see that she was a good girl. Yeah. At that point in her life, I couldn't see anything that would hint it any other way. But yeah. again, only she, until she discloses it, that's the only thing we know. Exactly, yeah. But, but like you said, maybe that first boyfriend she had, maybe mm-hmm. the first time she ran away. Yeah. Maybe she did encounter some brutalisation yeah. or some... Grooming or something. Grooming. Yeah. Yeah. What but, was it you said about the judge? Yeah, the judge's summing up was pretty damning. I think because she's never offered an explanation yeah. for what she did. She's not ever shown any remorse. Yeah. You know, she seemed to just did it for thrills. Hey, <sighs> um, so, yeah, this was sentencing on 28 February 2014 mm-hmm. in the Crown Court at Cambridge. Yeah. Um, this is Justice Spencer was residing. Um, yeah, so it was the Queen versus Joanne Denhe, Gary Stretch, Leslie Layton and Robert Moore. Um yeah, so this is... Do you want me to read it out? It's summing yeah. up for Joanne Dennehy. Yeah, Joanne Dennehy, within the space of 10 days at the end of March last year, you murdered three men in cold blood. Although you pleaded guilty, you have made it quite clear you have no remorse for those murders. With the help of one or more of your co-defendants, you dumped the bodies of your three victims in remote rural areas around Peterborough, hoping they would not be found. Only a matter of days later, you attempted to murder two more men, this time openly on the streets of Hereford, victims chosen entirely at random. Miraculously, they survived. You came to feel remorse for stabbing those two men nearly to death. I have no hesitation in rejecting that suggestion. You are a cruel, calculating, selfish and manipulative serial killer. Wow. That's pretty damning, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. A pretty is. damning summing up. There's no. I think it's pretty apt as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The three men she killed, she did know them. Yeah, but those two, those two random dog walkers, completely innocent, no need never met them before, yeah. totally. And those words caught my eye, calculating, selfish and manipulative. That's how she was been to explain before, even when she was a, like a mum, yeah. a young mum, yeah. putting all her needs first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he obviously sums up about the other accomplices as well. But So yeah. what did Stretch get? Do you know? Stretch, um, yeah, he got... It doesn't say how long he got. I think okay. he got about 10 years or so. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, he said, you, Gary Stretch, actively assisted Joanne Dennehy in dumping the bodies of all three men she'd murdered, making use of your local knowledge. You were her driver in Hereford and stopped the car to enable her to get out and attempt to murder two more men. You knew exactly what she was likely to do. The jury convicted you of attempted murder as well. Oh. So, yeah, no better, really. Yeah. No better at all. 100%. So, yeah, that's quite a decent case, wasn't it? It Even was. Even though it was a, her spree was quite short and conti- contained, mm-hmm. um, it was a good case. I really enjoyed it, looking into it. I did. It. And what makes them tick in there. But, yeah. yeah, obviously, it's still really intriguing to me. Yeah. love to hear your theories and what people might think on what if anyone's heard any more or could find any more yeah great what, to hear it what, what could what could been in her background to have turned her from a good girl yeah grade a student gonna be a lawyer etc mm-hmm. to just going completely off the rails madness it is shall we lighten the mood shall we lighten the mood lauren let's We've do had six it. degrees of separation between joanne dennehy and kb Kevin Bacon. The big KB. The big KB. <laughs> ah. uh, shall I go first this week? If it's up to you. I'll go, go first this week because it's tenuous. Obviously, Joanne, Joanne Dennehy isn't famous. Mm-hmm. No one's made a film about her. <laughs> um, even I looked up her defence team, the judge. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing no, at all I where know. I could get started. So my link, Joanna Dennehy was born in St Albans. So right. I just looked up people that were born in St Albans. Right. And, um, yeah, this was quite decent. So there's an actor called Peter Mensah, right. who was from St Albans. And um, he was the doctor in Spartacus. Ah. Uh, you know Spartacus Sword and, Sword and Sand? Yeah. That yeah. series. And uh, we were talking about the other day, weren't yes. we? We were saying how much we loved that series. Jupiter's cock. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. We love it. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he played the doctor. He was like in charge of the Ludo, wasn't he? Yes. He had the whip and he was like yeah. working all the men. Fucking great character. I loved him. Yeah. So as soon as I saw him, there was a few other people, but I thought, no, I've no, got to pick him. It's we him. love him. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, we saw Spartacus. And obviously, the, one of the other stars of Spartacus was Lucy Lawless. Who yes. used to play Xena, Warrior Princess. Yep. She's so cool, isn't she? Love Lucy. And she played uh, the mistress of the house, which is called the Dominar, uh, Lucreta. Lucreta, yeah. Yeah. And um, now, Lucy Lawless was in one of my favourite programmes called Top of the Lake. Oh, have you watched Top of the Lake? No, I haven't. Oh. It's a Jane Campion series. Yes. She made two series set in Australia. And um, yeah, so Lucy Lawless was in a few episodes of series one. Um, the star of, well, one of the stars of Top of the Lake was Nicole Kidman. Yep. Love Nicole Kidman. Yeah, she's great, isn't she? She's <sighs> done so much work as well. So, so once you yep. get to Nicole, it's easy, easy to link yeah. her. Yeah. So I did it this way. So Nicole Kidman was married to Tom Cruise. Yep. Um, Tom Cruise stars in A Few Good Men. Yep. With our KB. Woohoo! Kevin well Bacon. done. I love yeah. it. So it wasn't too bad. Obviously, the, the first link was very tenuous. But once we got to the yeah. beautiful Peter Mensah, it was easy. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I think I like that, was, that. that was like Joanne to Peter. One, two, three, four... Five. Five steps, that's not no, bad for me. You've I done usually it. go over. <laughs> <I>? Never. <laughs> Love it. How did you find it? Uh, yeah, not bad actually, but I was in the same thought process as you. Yeah. But I found one link that and I clung to it like glue. Oh, go on. So, you know Susanna Reid? Good morning, She's Britain. She's a TV presenter, isn't she? Yeah, with, alongside Piers Morgan. Right, okay, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she done a show called Investigating Joanna. Dennehy. Did she? Yeah. Oh, I and didn't see she that. She was a voice in the Trolls movie. Really? Was yep. she? <laughs> yep. And so was John Cleese. You know John Cleese? Yeah, John yeah. Cleese, yeah. And he was in a film called, now I haven't seen this film, so it gets a bit thingy here, but yeah. he was in a film called The Big Picture, starring... Kevin Bacon. Bacon. That's yeah. really quick. What's that? Four steps? Yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it, well done. To be fair, as soon as I see, see uh, Susanna Reid, yeah. I remember she voiced the commercial mm-hmm. and I was looking through her IMDb yeah. and then it came up the trolls. I thought, perfect. <laughs> That's going to lead me somewhere and yeah. it's going to lead me somewhere quick. Yeah. As oh, soon as you get that nugget, yeah. you know mm-hmm. that you're onto it. You, you can finish it. Done. Yeah, so well done. That's woohoo! Really good. Yeah, brilliant. I, love I was that. happy with that one. I was happy. Fantastic. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for listening as always. Thank you. That was episode one of series two. We're glad yep. to be back. We're glad to have you back. Yeah. Um, 
Watch out for our Patreon. We're going to be launching Patreon, or we may already have launched Patreon. Oh, yes. Um, we've got some great bonus content yeah, over there. Yeah, what have we got on over there, Lauren? Just a few examples. So we've got a statement analysis with um, Carol's sister, Vicky. And mm. my God, you don't want to miss that one. It is absolutely fascinating. She picks up on our Jack the Ripper case yeah. and our Tracy Andrew case. They're really good episodes, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they, how we get to it, honestly... It sounds like we um, scripted it, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't. Uh, yeah, it was it was really a good, good um, mm. couple of episodes. We've got our Crime Con episode. We went to Crime Con. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we've got a few little bonus episodes, some small slip-lit stories. Yeah, slightly small stories. We've got yeah. A few over there, so. Yeah, please head on over yeah. and support your local podcasting <laughs> girls. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Just and yeah, then we're going to do some shout outs as well. So, and some polls, yeah, we'll do some polls. We're always mm-hmm. up for some fresh ideas of who you want us to investigate 100%. And I hope you enjoyed our bonus episode in between the break with Gail Porter. That would um mm-hmm. be out by now. So, yeah, yeah, Gail's great, wasn't she? Oh, fantastic woman, absolutely so endearing yeah. and just such She's a lovely got a million woman. Good stories, hasn't she? Yeah, she, she really has. Yeah, <laughs> what she doesn't know about hauntings is not worth knowing. <laughs> Yeah, and I like picking up that ex- uh, side of things as well, the supernatural. We don't yeah. tend to do that. We no. do it more on our Patreon. Yeah, um, uh, the unexplained and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's nice just to pick that up. It is, yeah, definitely. It just makes a bit of a refreshing change yeah. from all the murder and mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> Mid and Switch's side comes out, doesn't it? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, so it is good. So, um, okay, right, we're going to sign off. So thank you for listening. Thank you. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.